you arrive to Arquidiona and it used to be a quite large city, an old city, but you can see that it has been quite neglected and uh, there is layers of dust everywhere. There are symbols of abandonment. It's obvious that not most of it is not inhabited. And uh, a large hill nearby seems to be covered by fences and tents of what seems to be the archaeological site. And um, you park the truck and Ellen tells you, well, you can stay at my home, but I'm sure you want to take a look around. Just uh, when he hands over some keys, just make yourself at home once you are done. Thank you so much, Doctor. Uh, yeah, we'll do a quick look around. If we're going to leave town to go look into that, I'm going to point at the uh, archaeology site. We'll let you know. I will not recommend going there. You never know what you can find there. It's better that you go having some idea. All right. Wait. Hold on. I'm going to stop the doc. Quick problem. Mm-hmm. How many people speak English? Oh, yeah. That's going to be a problem. But uh, who are you looking for? I mean, so you said in your report that some people have reported strange things. Yeah. Can you point me in any of their directions? Uh, well, I think I can point you in the direction of uh, a local academic. Okay. Well, mm, Iranian, but close enough. His name is Amit Parsani. And uh, you sh- just ask around him. It's not that far away. He's staying at uh, a room in... Uh, one of the local, what do you call it, beds and breakfasts, motels, I don't know. Uh, they talk English there. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much, Doc. You live right over there? I mean, you're in front of his house. Oh, excellent. It is. Yeah, it is a small two-apartment house, uh, two, two-floor apartment house. It's a little sheltered garage for the truck. All right, Doc. Uh, we'll be back here once again. Thanks for the ride. Come on, Joachim. Let's go. So... One thing that you know is that Hamid Parsani is a name that was on that folder that you liberated. As soon as we're out of here, shot of the doctor because I don't want to panic him. Hey, uh, hey, Yoki. Yeah? Take a minute here. I'm going to take the folder out, which I've like folded in half, like stuffed it in my pocket. Open it. Does he have a page or a like specific document in here? Is this like a uh, dossier on people or is it just a report of an operation? It seems to be a report on the operation and uh, almost everything there is redacted. And then there is a psychological report which labels Parsani as danger to himself and others and uh, obsessed with redacted, believes that uh, he's been he's communicating with redacted, has developed different countermeasures to redacted, but recently has come to believe redacted. Uh, Joachim, you're good with magic and stuff, right? Uh, Be honest. I, I want an honest assessment. It's more complicated than that. It's not really like I cast it like a sorcerer or a magician or a wizard or something. It's more that I take it in and empower myself with it. Okay. If this guy tries to turn us into something unnatural, you'll be able to tell, right? Most likely. You know, we really need to recruit one of those guys. Let's let's go talk to him. Okay. It's and I mean, I'm going to relay the psychological profile. Uh, He he's. Seem very scared of something, so let's not try to spook him. Yeah, this redacted sounds like a terrible foe. Uh, so, Joachim, redact is a term that means that the information's simply been blocked in the document. It means it's to prevent people from knowing classified things. Oh, so we're not going to have to face a hero named redacted then. I'm not saying that, because that sounds like some CIA codename shit, but probably. 50-50. Okay. And we're going to find our way to this hostel. So this is going to work as basically there are five challenges that uh, you're going to need to complete so that you succeed on your investigation and get an idea of what is going on. And you are racing against something. So this is going to be represented as a scene and you have until the end of the scene to fulfill the investigation. So you get to the hostel and uh, you find an old woman there and uh, she looks at both of you tourists um no ma'am we're looking for amit Rasani. guests uh yeah we're we're guests we're looking for a room and to meet another guest ah i cannot let you in private place for guests 
Then I have another weird question. Would system where I've given me basically like a discretionary fund of local money or... So, let me tell you about this little thing called American Embargoes. Okay. When an empire hates a country really, really much... Right. They make a, impose a monetary embargo into them. So all these kinds of funds that are not in Chilean currency are really hard to come by and will need to come at request. Okay. Or you will need to have done something yourself on preparation of this. Right. And it does not fit John Doe to have done. I'm going to try to use intuition and banter. I'm going to try and persuade this old lady to let us in that we're not here to cause trouble. We don't want to hurt anybody. We just need to speak to this guest. It's very important. We're not from the government. We're not going to disappear anybody. We're just here to talk. Could I use team by displaying my system for ID? Going, what the system for was the cops? I know. I'm not trying to. Can I use my System 4 status by just mentioning that I'm System 4? You know you don't plant doors on places that are cyber-socialists, right? Like, the doors is your agent there. Right, so I'm not going to. I figured, hey, I had to give it a shot, Ludo. You know that. Okay, how about this? You are rolling to see if retroactively you manage to convince Elinde Bashur lent you some money. That's fair. I'll give you. Also, Ludo, you know I have to do it in the uh, grandest player tradition of all of reaching. Hey! Tell me, how did you convince the good doctor to give you all the support that you will need? I need to tell Elend. So we flash back to like on the Jeep ride when we're getting close to town. And John Doe is just fixated and just talking about some sort of local dish he's had before. Probably because he got a restaurant with uh, Liano at some point. And as he's talking about that, it's that very much that like, yeah, I really love Doc. I uh, I hate to ask, but I just realized something. Can I borrow a couple dollars and I'll get them back to you? All I've got is Chilean money, which I'm sure that and a quarter will buy me a kick in the pants. Fine. Doc. I mean, I don't want to get uh, to be told that System 4 failed because I was not a good host. I could not even land some dinars. Doc, you're my hero. Usually Johnny handles getting some local money before we leave. And uh, he's busy doing some lectures somewhere. He didn't tell me. Probably where I'd show up again. So I, with that flashback, we flash forward to where we were. John takes out like two dinars because John Doe is really sure of the value of it. I need a room. All right. And uh, she gives you the key for one of the rooms on the third floor. No elevator. No. Broken. No elevator? Okay. No problem. All right. Joachim, now what do we do? We know what room he's in? Nope. Ludo, while Brad was bribing the front desk woman, can I take take a look at the registry, which hopefully is open on the desk? How good are you at this kind of stuff? Okay. That's a four. So you will need to take a minor twist or fail. Can, like, I get the information, but can she notice me and just kind of whack me with, like, I don't know, hit me with something? Like, hey, stop that. Yeah, and uh, you would lose uh, four health. Okay. As you are looking into the ledger, she closes it suddenly, and it's pretty heavy, and you take a bit longer at pulling your hand, and uh, you lose four health. So I guess you're acting this way also. For some reason, the spirits are not protecting you or something. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I'm not facing a... Well, I may be facing a worthy foe, but it's not a worthy battle. No honor in this fight. No. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you managed to learn that uh, this guy seems to be on the second floor, on the 12 room. Uh, once we're out of earshot of the woman, like probably up to the second floor, I'll relay that. Hunting will go. Step off the stairs, door number 12. You make to the second floor. You approach the, the 212 room, and uh, you hear the hum of radio quite low from inside. Is it like the local local radio or is it a communication two-way radio? It's a local radio. Okay. Some music softly played. Uh, Joachim will knock. You can hear from the inside. Who's there? Is that you, sorceress? Uh, no. We are from... Uh... Go away. 
We're from System 4. We have some uh, questions about the archaeological dig. I'm not an archaeologist. You know from the file that he is an archaeologist. John Doe in his very normal speaking voice, trying hard not to sound, you know, like he's doing a different impression or anything. I mean, it's okay. We're not going to hurt you. Just let us in. We just want to talk and help you. I'm going to use intuition and random access memories. And if he knows John Doe's previous life, I'm going to try and convince him that because he might not know that John Doe doesn't know he's who he was. Try to convince him that it's whoever he knows John Doe was actually trying to help. So seven, uh, it's going to be a minor twist. I'm going to say that uh, you're going to lose access to your opening low. That's fine. I am willing to commit. Yeah, you seem to notice recognition from the man inside. I mean, just upon that for a moment. You, well, it's not like I can stop you. They're all, you're code pink. Yeah, well, if you're going to come inside, you're going to come inside. So it's not like a door going to stop you. And you can hear the sound of the door unlocking, but uh, he does not open it. I look at Joachim. Joachim looks at me. Joachim will take the risk and may we come inside? Yes. Okay, I will open the door then and see what happens. You open the door and you see a tall, gaunt man on his late 50s with a long beard. And behind him, you can see the walls are covered with runes and scribbles and patterns and, uh, well, spells. You recognize immediately that all, all these are spelled. Yeah. And uh, the floor, too. And uh, you figure that most of them, they seem to be protecting spells, even if you cannot figure it is exactly the tradition. Basically, the man is sitting on a mystical faraway cage. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't stay there. Uh, okay. Come inside. I come in. I'll close the door once we're in. As you touch the door, you feel something glow as a ward seems to activate and you feel it sapping your strength and you retract your hand, but uh, you fear that it, it is too late, that uh, you feel less capable than before. You feel somehow like your potential and the possibilities have been reduced. Oh, that's unique. Who's the new guy? Well, first of all, hi, uh, I mean, let me reintroduce myself. I'm Ja. I know who you are. You have an advantage on me, then. I'm John. I don't. Huh. I'm Joachim. I'm then freelancing for you, kind. I I don't want anything to do with your people anymore. I'm not pulling any jobs. You have my reports. I have not discovered anything that you did not find. What? I'm telling you, genuinely, Joachim can back me up here. I'm not that guy anymore in a very visceral and literal way. I didn't even know who you were until I read a file about you. I didn't know who I was until I read a file about me. It's true. And uh, he laughs. How hot these pressures? Are you telling me that there is a Code Pink walking around that has no idea who they are? What does Code Pink mean? Oh, it is what comes after Code Red. Uh, I, I... So that's a seven. Oh, I know exactly what is going to be the twist. Okay, give it to me. I want it. So basically, it's that you're going to discover another terrifying secret. Oh, no. Sweet. <laughs> Love this. We know you're uh, dealing with a possible super supernatural. That's the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Being. But that is as far as it goes. We don't know the, the being's name or even if we should mention it. We're talking about the war machine. What? A war machine. War machine? Yes, a war machine. Just like the two of you. Oh, I am very... So then I'll go on and explain like the, the omens I've been seeing about this place. And probably as I open that up, despite the Faraday cage, I kind of receive something from this room that is... I'm not going to like, probably. So you tell him that. You tell the weird vibes that uh, you got from the way that uh, Lydia moved. 
you tell him about uh, the strange feelings that you have got about the desert. You tell him of the strange vibes that you've been feeling, of the strange presence reaching in. And uh, and he's like, oh, so you see it. That is not the danger. There is a danger. There is the gloopy heart of darkness. There is the blob of the dark sun. There is the great lubricator, the lube of history, the driver of narratives. That is the master of the desert. That's a danger. There's something else. And I was pretty sure that I was seeing it coming. This is why I'm hiding it. Because I've been studying the Toluric Omega, the inevitability of the desert, for the last 10 years. But I was not scared of it. But that thing, that thing that you encountered, it scares the shit out of me. And he looks at John Doe. And uh, you look at John Doe and the same void, the deadness, the spirits of life that you felt avoiding the senator as you crushed her hand. You get the same feeling coming from John Doe. It's and the same kind of black light tendrils that you saw poking through a space in the shape of John Doe. You see on it on, on them and you realize that whatever is the senator, whatever happened to the senator also has happened to your friend. And this is the terrifying realization that you have. I think Joachim will just stare. They will just stare blankly. And then it's like, uh, and, uh, and then if John Doe responds, like, hey, what, what, what is it? He's like, uh, nothing. John Doe after this hair, just, Joachim, what you looking at? Nothing. Don't worry about it. It's uh, the, the ruins in the room are affecting me. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, I mean, we're, we, we came to talk to you about the archaeological dig. Is that the, uh, the center of this little number? And he does not seem to answer you. He turns to Berserkir as if asking if it is okay. I'm not telling you anything to a code pink. I'm not that guy. I- <sighs> yeah, uh, Joachim's now worried that maybe, like, John claims that he's not that guy, but that guy could still be in John. That's what Joachim's worried about now. Yeah, but this uh, old ruin, are they tied to the master of the desert? Is that what you call them? Yes, yes, yes. You clearly you you are aware of your knowledge about the arcane workings of Telurik Omega. Yes. Telurik Omega. Yes, the desert, the the ultimate narrative, the end of everything when all idols are crushed and uh, there is only one god and the god is the desert and there is nothing else on earth to disturb it. That's the desert. And you know that he's speaking of the great enemy. Yeah, yeah, this is what you mentioned last time. So I believe that the the ruins, they are, well, this is why I mentioned war machines. It was a a repository of uh, Abyssinian war machines, such as yourselves. And uh, I fear that the Naphtalene cult has taken over it and is activating those war machines to speed up the process of desertification. That's not good. No, you can see from the town, the dust being released, the relics, they are desertification this place. It's covering it on the fog of war. So why don't we just go up there and knock them around a little bit? Don't think it's that easy. What it sounds like, more more heroes are being awakened from slumber or something. Am I correct? So, as Parsani is going to reply to you, you hear the sound of glass breaking and you see four giant kind of drones that are made of filigree and uh, copper and they seem to be some cross between scarabs and locusts. They burst inside the room and uh, they immediately rush to attack. Oh boy. (laughs) (sighs) I hate bugs. Yeah. Okay, we are on yellow now. And uh, we, it's the Vex turn, and they're gonna attack. Uh, Are they attacking who? Uh, Both of you. Uh, Two on one, two on the other. Oh, it's like, oh boy. Okay, I was about to be like, well, this is about to be nasty, all right. So that will be three plus three on Berserkir and four plus one on John Doe. They can hit me, but they instantly take the same damage right back. Yes. Then I'm going to hit the one that dealt four back, obviously. 
tell us how first how uh, Berserkir manages to barely take any hurt from these dangerous, vicious-looking bugs, and uh, Jondo, tell us how you destroy one as it charges at you. Berserkir's quickly gonna act and just put like the coffee table or a t- just a table or a chair or something in between me and the two bugs, deflecting a lot of the blows before I can get my a- magic axe out. Gonna destroy some furniture. He's got a damage deposit, right? As Berserkir does that, the one hits John Doe successfully. As the second one hits John Doe, he carries its attack through to hit the rune that weakened him and destroys it by having it hit the same rune that weakens it. Okay, so who to give initiative for? I guess I'm gonna give it to John Doe. So John Doe, it's okay now. John Doe punches through his and then swings at the other and misses. It seems logical to pass off to Berserkir. I'm going to take advantage of the magic ruins in the room and try and use their power to hinder the monsters with my modification wave. That's just how I'm doing it. So I got to basically channel the power from my weapon. I think I activate a lot of the rune traps in the room and it just kind of they're attracted to the metal and the, the magic that is or whatever is driving these creatures. And they're going to give it over to Lubeck. And uh, another bug climbs through the window. So there are no three. And uh, the two that are still there, one goes for Berserkir, the other goes for John Doe. So tell me, Berserkir, how these rune traps restrain their attack? I think they're kind of like those magical lightning kind of effects that you see in old cartoons, just kind of wrapping around them and like holding them back. <laughs> that was a lot more effective than I thought it would be. <laughs> and uh, they're gonna give initiative to Berserkir. I'm just gonna use my power strike. So power, that's right. Blow him up. That's uh, six. Tell us how you squash this bug. I think I hit him with the broad side of the axe and just kind of parts just kind of scatter on however they scatter onto the floor. All right, so who you're giving initiative next? Uh, John Doe. Well, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. John Doe is going to try and... Odds aren't in your favor, and I'm going to try and hit two of them. I almost want to use my other ability where I get to use my bonus, but I want to wait a little. Sweet! A one! So tell us how, against a lot, the, the two bikes seem to be enduring. Uh, John Doe jumps and tries to swing wildly and misses both, and just then sighs, just really, and then he passes to the triple Q. You are keeping up with the bugs, but uh, as you are circling around, you see Parseni look out of the window and react in shock. Look, and there is a squittering mass of them approaching you. You can see six of them, and you can see something moving in the shadows. You cannot keep destroying them. Yeah. They will just make more. It is not how you win this. You know, you have the initiative. Do we run? Yeah, but who the enemy making them or I guess we run parallel to lead them out of town. Try and contain civilian injury. Yeah. Yeah. As long as the dust is coming out, there will be more war machines. You are acting as you are agents of war. Well, you are acting like you are the one that drives war, that wages war, but the war wages you. You have to understand this. As long as there are war machines, this will keep happening. As long as the dust spreads the fog of war. So we run up to the archaeological dig site. Then you risk being attacked by the war machine there. It's your choice, but do you want to fight it now? Or do you have to deal it later as you explore the temple? So the, the temple is creating these monstrosities? No. It's an Abyssinian war machine that has been trolling the city. It is spreading dust and the dust is taking out the metal and the erosion and the accents of the desert and destroying everything that has meaning to create more and more war machines, to create a team. So we find this thing and we destroy it, or? You cannot destroy a war machine, but you can render it inoperable for just enough for it to get into the temple. Okay, I think we can do that. I say we do that. The thing is hiding somewhere on the street below what John does. And there are six insects pitting towards the building. I mean, Alex, I'd like to get this fight away from where there's a ton of innocent people. 
I guess I'm going to leap out the open window, land on the street below, and see if I can see them. You see a massive shadow, and uh, you see the burning napalm as you see this thing come out of the shadow. A bull lion being of steel and crude, burning with napalm inwards and able to sublimate itself within the telluric revolution of the desert that becomes in a constant rebellion slash establishment of state. You are face to face to the Avician war machine and the insects of war. What do you do? I'm going to yell up to Yakim. Hey, it's right out here. And to hinder it, I'm going to jump around it, not giving it a clear aim at to hit me and try to give it like a confused condition, basically, using leaping and acrobatic. This will probably work much better on a human or human-like target, but on a being of steel and fire, you rattle it a little, but not much. So who do you give initiative to? I'm giving it to Yoki. Bring us all home. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to think. Uh, I, I guess I guess smash it. <laughs> like, try and hit it. See what happens. Well, what are you going to hit it with? My axe. So what, frontline fighting? Um, I, I was actually thinking of just using the power strike. Okay. How do you join the fight? Oh, yeah, I got to leap. I, I kind of leap in there. You leap with a power strike. Yeah, that's an eight. It takes one. It dice goes down to d10. So, yeah, uh, you hit the war machine and the ball head is just split apart. And who you hand over to next? Question mark. Yeah, let's see which powers it has other than just make it. It is pretty rattled, but uh, it opens the wings and uh, you can see the the roar of oxygen flowing through metal tubes. And as the wings expand, it feeds it nafta and ignites, giving it wings of fire. I will say that is really cool, but I am very worried. Same. You know, it looks ridiculous, but how useful it actually is in a fight. And it gives it to the bugs. It has to hand it. And the bugs is going to be three on three. So that's a 42 coming your way as half of the swarm of insects try to attack you from behind, pushing you towards the fires of the war machine. So do you do anything reaction-wise? I can only use a reaction on another person, and that's the only reaction I have right now. Not quite in the red zone yet. (laughs) So you are taking two and one? Yeah. So that's two, three, and one coming towards John Doe, as he too is warmer than pushing towards the fire. I figure that you're going to use a reaction. And I'm going to make the one that rolled the three obviously take his own damage. I'm going to try and use my mystic redirection to kind of redirect the damage to myself and defend against it with a D8. Yeah, that works. So you take the damage. That's it. No, I, I defend against it with a D8. So tell us how you get in between the attack. I basically just interpose, kind of draw its attack towards me. Yeah, and you get in the way of uh, John Doe reposting. It's okay. One day. (laughs) And the war machine is going to attack John Doe now that uh, you kind of broke formation. So, get on. (laughs) It's going to attack you with the wings of fire. So that's four damage coming your way. As it's a new round, so you have reaction again. I'm absolutely using the reaction to make it take its own fire damage. Yeah, but nothing happens. Dang it. And uh, because you see this is a fail, you are being attacked by 10 damage now. Ouch. Yeah, so basically what happens is it's going to hit you and you punch through the steel and you get hurt from the steel. And the same trick that it did with the nafta of cladding itself on it, it clads itself on it again as it encloses the wings of fire behind you. So it burns you inside its body and you have to break free through the wings. Can I use my reaction again? Because it's a new round. Oh, yes. I... Or do I have to wait till my turn? No, no, you can. So you can react against the 10 damage. I'm going to try. <laughs> so this happens. So you punch through the steel. You get into the nafta art 
of the war machine, the wings are enclosed around you to encase you on fire. Describe to me what happens, how you replace, how you take somehow, you take uh, John Doe out and take its place. I think I just, the, the old standard of just slamming into him and then just taking the burns. I am now officially in the red zone, oh boy. Oh no, but on the other hand, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, hey. So, it's only fair that now that you are in the heart of the beast, Zerkard. Okay. I'm going to use ultimate weaponry. So, boost yourself with a signature weapon. Use your max die. Bonus is persistent and exclusive. Attack using your mid die plus that bonus. Let's see what I get. Mm-hmm. You got it. You got it. Oh boy, I got it. Yeah, okay, so let's see. Uh, the boost was with max, right? The boost is with max, and I attack with mid. So that's uh, seven plus whatever the boost is. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so then I think it's plus four. So that's 11 damage on the screen. So what happens is that uh, you empower yourself with the power of the spells that are being unleashed, the, the ancient, terrifying magics of the Abyssian Empire that were used in the ancient times to keep desert at bay before collapsing to it and you draw upon it and make that power yours and uh, you unleash this fury against the flame heart of the war machine and and the war machine grows colder and no longer has a working nafta heart and the flames go off, and now you're fighting in the darkness with the skittering bug. Who do you give it next? I believe the bugs are the only ones left to have a gun this round? No, you haven't acted this round either. Oh yeah, that's right, the war machine acted and attacked me. Yeah, so I'm gonna give it to John Doe to thin out the bugs before they act. Now I know we had to search persistent and exclusive before. Unless it's a greater boost, unless you can get a boost four, it's like no point in boosting me because I can't use any other boosts. Right. At the same time, that is. Right. Yeah, at the same time. That's right. To be fair, if you have an attack that uses multiple dice, having multiple boosts means that you can boost both dice. Yeah. Right. And there's six bugs left? Yeah, because you did not kill the other. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go back to old reliable here, and I'm going to use my odds aren't in your favor. I'm going to attack twice in my min. Hopefully the dice have changed their, their feelings towards us, and they love us now. I, I doubt this. Hey, uh, that'll be two of the bugs getting a three damage. Okay. Oh, come on. That's some, that's some bullshit mark. Bikes seem empowered by the proximity of the war machine and um, they rebuff your attack. They are hearty little fellas. They're just some little guys. They're just little guys. And there's so many of them. I guess I have to pass to them. Yes, you have to pass to them. The bug life. Shouldn't we move into red now? Oh no, it's at the end of this round. It's at the end of this round. Yes, yes, yes. So, Berserkir, you take no damage from those, but you want to... They just gang on you, but you are too powerful now from the BC magic, and they just boink, 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 back. Meanwhile... My pronouns are he, because I'll never be him. So, that's, uh, that's three, three, two coming your way. Well... You already used your reaction. I already used my reaction, so I'll take it. John Doe is now also in the red zone. <laughs> well, so is the scene. Brock Sampson's theme music starts to play very loudly. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so the bug peak. Uh, I think they probably they are stunned by the magic now being on Berserkir and the bugs going to peak Berserkir. The problem is, is like the are, are minions considered one target? Yes. So attack using strength opposing the target of that attack must make, make the attack action against you on its next turn if possible. That would force. Yeah, you could have used this on minion. Okay, so this is this does it to all the minions, so they would all attack me. No, no, no. Each minion is individual. Right. Okay. All right, so I will attack a bug using my power strikes. You're using a power to strike when you are on the red. Boost is already there. 
Well, but you can keep making more boost. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Make a power attack, a power strike. But on a bike? But it'll be cool. I don't have much AOE right now. Well, destroy the war machine. The war machine can make more bugs as you start killing them. Oh, oh, I thought the war machine. I will attack the war machine with. Yeah, I thought the war machine was dead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's there's no magic, but it's still at the eight. OK. So I will then I will use frontline fighting on the machine then. This machine is not getting my blood. So yeah, and it's a six and it's forced to attack me next turn if possible. I just start wailing on it. Okay, so you destroy one of the wings. It's now at the six. So who do you give the turn to? Uh, the machine. Okay, the machine is going to strike back. So that's four coming your way. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to use my reaction to reactive strike it. Okay, so you take one damage and then you stack it back. Do I get the bonus on this? I forget. I don't think I do. You can apply it then, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, as long as it makes sense fiction-wise for it to apply, you'll get it. Yeah. Oops, that's not how you roll. Also not how you roll. Ah, again. It's another six on it. Yeah, and uh, it's further clovered. And it's barely standing now. So, how did you turn this attack against it? First, I better take my one damage. I basically deflect it and counter, and it leaves it open for a counter attack. And I take that advantage and just kind of swipe across its chest. Okay. And the machine picks the bag. Yeah, of course it does. I'm sorry, John Doe. I just, I tried. How dare you successfully almost defeat the lieutenant? It's back time. Get stick back. So, four on Berserkir. So that's a, a 301 and a 2 coming your way, and you still have not your reaction. Well, uh, you better believe that, that one that rolled the 3 is going to roll and beat a 3, but I'm going to pretend he's not for a minute. So how much damage did it take? Oh, I'm down to 6 life. Ah, that's great. <laughs> it's not like uh, there's something nasty waiting you inside the temple. I know. No, John Doe will be fine. <laughs> He'll be fine. I'm at 7. He's still good. He's still good. And you destroyed the bag. Yay! As the bug flies towards him and John Doe is no longer playing around, he just tears it in half. John Doe, it's set that now. All right, I do have a quick question. Should I kill the bug or should I finish off the bull? There are six f- five bugs. I like, who are the, should I try to kill some bugs or finish off the bull? You are at six. I would kill bugs. You're better. I would kill bugs. I can handle this monstrosity. Okay. I mean, do I try to swing for two of the bugs again or do I just blast one of them? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they're they're rolling pretty well and you're only using your mid dice. But you're at what for that roll? Currently it'd be two D10s and a D8. No, wouldn't it be three D10s? Excuse me. Be three D10s. I kind of like those odds for a multi attack. Let's swing it. All right. But I also don't like the way you've been rolling. <laughs> Look, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yeah. Give me my 3D pens. I'm not using uh, my big super attacks. Cool, but it'll only destroy one of them. And it will nuke the one it destroys, which would be kind of funny. But but instead, I'm going to pick and destroy two of the bugs. Good. So let's see what they roll. Oh, come on. <laughs> the bugs are strong. <laughs> I fucking hate this game. <laughs> One of them's down. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's almost as the game expects you to be using boosts or something. I don't know, weird. I, I know. Neither of us are, are boosty boys, Ludo. I'm sorry. I'm kind of a boosty boy. I can boost you. Uh, yeah, you're the starting one of the bugs, so they are four now. Who are you going to pick next? Uh, it's going to be the start of a new round. I'll pass to Berserk here. Oh, I wish I had a big slam attack that could hit everything. Oh, well. Uh, I'm going to use frontline fighting again. Wow, I think I wrecked the bull. Yeah, that's... Yeah, you wrecked the bull. Tell us how you dismantle the war machine. Cut its head off, basically, and then just kind of... Just let the rage consume me and just kind of start dicing up the machine so it doesn't... So it's going to take a while for it to get back together if it ha- since we apparently can't destroy these things, only stop them for a little bit. Yeah. What oh, it destroyed the Bugs carry around, and uh, you see Parsani approaching. He did not jump through the window. He went down the stairs. Like a sane person. However, me and John Doe aren't necessarily sane. (laughs) Yeah. He points a light 
at the creature. Huh. I never seen one of these intact, and I still have not seen one of these intact. Sorry about that. And are the bugs the bugs are gone now? Yeah, they are hiding away. Okay. And person is saying, forget chasing after then is like chasing after dust. Hopefully they'll disappear, not emerge back. Hopefully, depends how the fog of war goes. Well, we lived. What's the plan now? Maybe let me and Yoki eat some aspirin, take a little nap, and then in the morning we go to the temple and break it or figure out how to solve it. Yeah, that's the best thing to do because I cannot recommend you going there during the night because there's no darkness that does not have a mirror in crude. You gonna come with us? No, I'm gonna get as far away as I can. You kind of destroyed my safe place, so I need to get a new place and get some new wards. I hope to never see you again. Do you believe that I don't remember who you are? That literally does not matter. And your friend here... It does to me. Yeah, but I don't care. And your friend here knows why. Wait, is there... Do you know him? No. Okay. Well, I mean, have a good life. Uh, Joachim, let's go get some tired all the nap. Uh, uh, yes. So we got to you on uh, the room that used to belong to the to the two kids of uh, the Basur household, and there are these two small beds side by side, <laughs> where y'all are probably having problems fitting in. <laughs> and uh, what is the awkward conversation as you prepare to sleep, Sean? Yeah, Joachim. I thoroughly uh, believe you're John Doe, but I also think that Giles Jackson forgot your last, your former last name again. West. It's probably still in there somewhere, wanting to come out. You know, Joachim, I never told anybody this. You know, that's what I'm scared of. What if I uh, wake up one day and I'm him again? Like, you know, I mean, I I don't want to be that guy because everything I've seen about that guy has just, you know, made me feel more dedicated not being him. But I woke up one day and I was John Doe. What's to stop me from waking up one day and being Giles Jackson West? But somehow you are tied to this somehow, some way, I don't know. But I, I got the same feeling I got off uh, Lydia as I do you. So what you're saying is I might learn some very uncomfortable things about myself at that temple. Yes. Beer keeps you focused. Well, tomorrow we go. And John Doe kind of flops back on this tiny child's bed. Joachim is just going to be on the floor. There's no way he's fitting on this bed. Probably using the bed as a pillow. I actually kind of like the cut scene being the two of them just looking up at the ceiling with that awkward tension in the air. (laughs) Yes. And with the children's toys kind of like still laying about. Crimson Gold Agonies is an associate of Court Games and D20 Radio. Joaquin Jarv, aka Berserkir, is played by Brent Torreson. They can be found at Copper Credit almost everywhere. Check out their other podcasts, Splinters of Jade and L5R Thriller Actual Play. They are available for editing work. Message them for rates. Johnny Jennings, aka The Highwayman, is played by Sam Sedlachzer. They can be found at SGCADelaysec on Instagram and YoungSpaceDead on Twitter. They are largely impressive. John Doe is played by Bradley Hainler. You can follow him at JudgeTheBarbarian on Twitter or as co-writer on Split Roll, where he screams his opinions at you. Ludo handles the rest. You can find them at The Lettel and more of her stuff as Agonizing Crimson at Itchio or co-writing Split Roll. Sentinel Comics RPG is the property of Greater Than Games and designed in collaboration with Critical Hits. Crimson Gold Agonies is possible through the support of listeners like you. You can support us on Patreon or even better, you can review us on iTunes and you can spread the word because there is no better way to get into a podcast just because a friend told us about it.